G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. We're a church that's all about knowing Jesus and making Jesus known. If you'd like to learn more about our church or donate to the work of our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. This week's sermon is part of our Light and Love series looking at the book of 1 John and it's delivered by Rod McDonald, who is my father-in-law. We hope you enjoy the sermon. God bless. Our reading this morning is from St. John 1, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 17. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, (coughs) love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves his brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them that makes them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. We do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to your fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. Hear the word of the Lord. May the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts Be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. John called himself the beloved disciple. And we might think that that's perhaps uh, just waxing it on a little bit. It was his own description of himself. When we look at John's life, we find that he probably had very good reason to use that term. Because as he writes his gospel, in which he terms himself as the beloved disciple, 
It's in his older age, many years later after the Christ events, reflecting on their significance. And he was quite literally there from the beginning to the end in that sense. One of the first four disciples, some privileged experiences during the ministry of Jesus and following him from the very beginning, such as the Transfiguration, being one of the four to see that, to see who the Christ was, if you like, in purvey. Then later on, of course, the crucifixion and resurrection. But who's the one disciple to stay round the cross when the others fled? It was John. Who was then asked by all reports to care for Mary, who by that time the mother of the Lord would have been a widow, based on normal statistics? He cares for Mary, presumably in his own home, until she dies. Perhaps, in fact, it's Mary's turn, the beloved disciple. And he uses it later as he reflects in his gospel. When we look at his letters, we get a different sense of tone, a more immediacy, a, a, a greater urgency about what we should be doing and shouldn't be doing. And some people have even speculated that perhaps John who wrote the gospel is not John who wrote one of the three letters which we have this morning as our major reading. But perhaps the explanation is easy. Here in the Gospel, we have John reflecting many years later, possibly, and this is not un unnecessarily non unimportant, possibly going blind and saying, this is the significance of the Christ event in cosmic proportions, not just what happened, but this is who he is. And thank God, and I mean that literally, we have John's Gospel. The other three give us much information about Jesus, who we should be, what we should do, do and the, go and do that likewise. And Mark Gospels, like Mark, actually spent a lot of time on the Passion, saying it's so, so important the events of Holy Week actually are. But John looks at who Jesus is. And in fact, some of us would remember the I am sayings in John Gospel. I'm the bread of life, I'm the light of the world, I'm the gate of the sheepfold, I'm the good shepherd, I'm the resurrection of the life, can we do all seven? I'm the way, the truth and the life and? Aha, uh -huh. well done. You can be minister for the next week. <laughs> so here we have some very profound statements. We would be so much poorer as a Christian community without John's gospel. But there's a sense in which we'd be poorer without John's letters, all three of them, different lengths. But where do letters fit in? Firstly, in John's own life, they would have been written as a relatively young man. He was probably the youngest of all the disciples. So he was still a young man when these and Paul's letters were written to the little churches that were springing up everywhere, saying, hey, this is how you work out being Christ-like. So Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Yes, go and shine your light is quite explicit within the gospel and within the Christian community. But how does that work out? Well, fathers this, young men this, somebody else that is very clear and explicit. Why then quite different? Some people have even suggested it's two different authors. Let me suggest it's two different ages and probably in the gospel he had a scribe writing for him because he was losing his eyesight. He was doing a bit of correcting of spelling and things like that and rounding things off. 
I suppose it's like Rick, Ricky Ponting. If Ricky Ponting writes an autobiography, which is a bit more selfie, of course, than the gospel is, he's writing about cricket and his view and experience of cricket. But if, while he was a young batsman, he did some little teaching videos on how to bat, putting your foot forward, doing this, watching the ball, watching the bowler, they've become quite different in their purpose and therefore quite different. If you like, the letters were for Paul and John and many others, the YouTube of the day. Big reflective gospel helping everybody. But here was a little YouTube clip, a letter designed to help a particular church encountering a particular problem. And I suggest the heart of that problem, a bit like the kids, kids talk, was a misunderstanding. And it's expressed by John himself. If a man says he loves God and does not love a neighbour, he's a liar. And you can see that coming up in the letter. You cannot do one and not the other. The two are inextricably linked. So here in this lovely YouTube, if you like, we get a number of things about what we should do. How to hold the bat, how to look at the bowler, how to carry out the practice of being Christ-like, of being a light to the world, which is one of the injunctions. Now, I just want to follow that one through for two reasons. One, it's a very important illustration of being Christ-like and Christ's effect in a world where we've experienced from time to time more darkness than perhaps we have in our earlier days for those of us of this generation, so to speak, that I am. There's a lot more darkness in some other countries and we recognise that. There's often much darkness in personal lives, in family lives, and whether we like it or not, in our community. So I'll stick with that theme. So if Jesus is the light of the world, John would say we are called to be children of the light. We're called to illuminate as well part of Christ's message, gospel, sense of hope, so that the darkness becomes no darkness at all. So the first thing that John's quite explicit about is you must do some shining as well. That's part of what being Christian is. It's not just about belief, that's important, but it's about action. And here's the action. This is how you bat this ball of sin in the community and darkness, and this is the stance you take. Secondly, as well as being Christ-like by being a light, you're also dependent on God. I saw something in a coffee shop the other day. When things are all dark, don't forget to light your light. Well, I don't know about you, but some days it's pretty difficult to light my light, myself. So the whole idea of being a light to others, to the world, imitating Christ as the light of the world, is in fact to call on the assistance we need from others and from God. So it's not a journey we walk alone. We don't strike the matches ourselves. I was talking this morning about, with somebody about something being a bit dark, being a bit strange, and a God window popping up. In other words, the matches are there, the opportunities are there, but God doesn't run over our free will and ask us to pick up the matches and help strike a light and help him work in the world 
as light of the world. So we have a partnership which is as good for us as it is for others if we shine that light. And why? Well, John says it himself, John 3.16. People sometimes read out the long version. I like to just finish it the short version. God so loved the world. That's all it needs to be. Why we shine our light is not only to cure the darkness that we experience or that others experience, but in fact to express deeply as the funny person, Dave, I think it was, was reading from the bubble <laughs> about making a difference in relationships. What we're doing at 10 o'clock is baptising a young person. But special to me, obviously, but still a young person who cannot answer for themselves fully, so others are answering for him. I want to be hand, put your hands up, those here who are godparents. Ah, good one, hands down. I'm going to be more embarrassing at 10 o'clock. I'm going to ask the godparents to stand. And I'm going to give them four questions. And amongst the other questions that you probably know well, there's one that's very pertinent. Pertinent to John's letter, pertinent to Dave's story, pertinent to us. I reject all that is false and unjust. Nothing brings darkness to our lives at family, at social, at work, or national government level than things being hidden. Although I must remember that solution for mobile phones, having done the same thing myself. <laughs> I, this is where light becomes very explicit in the very baptismal promises, which you have all made or confirmed later for yourself. So you've actually obliged yourself, in John's terms, to be a light to the world. How's that going? How's the tick sheet? You know, people love compliance. Are the brakes up to 80%? Are the roadworthy? How's your Christian roadworthy in terms of being light going this morning? Because he might be the minister, but he's the minister of the church. Who's the ministers of the gospel? Every baptised person. And John puts it very simply in his little YouTube to a church somewhere struggling with a bit of darkness and something that's going wrong in the community, and something that's going wrong in family life. Somebody wrote to him and he sent this letter back in the Roman Empire. That was a very easy thing to do. Get back, hey, look, this is what you've got to do. My sermon would be ten times better if you were to take the first reading home and read it again this week and say, how does that apply to me? How can I improve my batting as a Christian? How do I live out my responsibility as a child of the light, as a minister of the gospel and a bringer of hope to the world in which I live. Because God's relying on us doing just that.
Amen.